This is the Travel and Van Life podcast from Jetson to the Sunset. We're Tanya and Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk all things travel, adventure, and road trips. Through our experience and with conversations with others who, like us, have chosen an alternative lifestyle. Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Jits Into the Sunset podcast. We made it. We made it. Um, two episodes in. <laughs> what one achievement? <laughs> um, we're Tanya and Adam, aka Jits Into the Sunset. And why are we Jits Into the Sunset? Because we live and travel full time in our camper van called Jitters, aka Jits, where we are currently. Ass right now. We are. And we are filmmakers on the road. Uh, we have a YouTube platform. That's our main platform and, and Instagram. And now we are venturing into the world of podcasts. And we're really glad we're venturing into the world of podcasts because episode one went exceptionally well. Uh, but before that, what's this episode going to be about? In this episode, we are going to be talking about all of the learnings that we have accumulated over the last almost three years that we've been doing van life Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of learnings there are a lot of learnings uh we went into this knowing nothing um and now we know not loads but we know some things things. we've got some things that we 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 wish we knew when we started and those are what we're going to be sharing with you guys throughout this episode and we've also got some questions uh that have come in from people on our instagram community um and yeah we're really excited to, sh- to share some of those questions because there's been some great questions yeah and i think particularly this would be useful well we hope this will be useful and insightful for those who are either just at the beginning of their van life journey maybe you're already doing van life or maybe you're just van curious and you're just interested in tanya loves, tanya loves the word van curious by the way i think she thinks she coined it did you coin it <laughs> no i heard someone say it and i giggled a lot so yeah. i thought okay i'll use that you've, too. you've been using that one a lot. But, it's, but it's true like there are lots of people out there who are looking at van life content like mm, maybe i'd like that i'm not sure or or they think mm, i'd love to do that but i don't think i could and there you go or they wouldn't want to do it and they don't care if they can do it, but they like watching other people do it. It's interesting. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're very excited. Before we jump in to all of our learnings and all of the questions, we wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone who's mm-hmm. taken the time to listen to episode one, to listen all the way through, to support us, to send us feedback. And penguin emojis. And penguin emojis. If you know, if you know what we mean by sending us penguin emojis, then you know. But if you if you don't, then well, why would you? Because there's no reason to know it. It's a very strange thing to just randomly say. But but thanks for messaging us pen, penguin emojis. Those yeah. of you that did, or just penguin in general. Yes. Yeah, so penguins and all, welcome back. Welcome um, back. And welcome back. And actually, crazily enough, um, our episode one got to the top five in the travel what what category is it the travel and culture travel and culture category in the uk we got to top five we were the fifth podcast in podcast not as opposed to what i don't know just (laughs) just to clarify what are we saying episode one was out of podcast it was the top five in the travel and culture category on apple podcasts i think which is absolutely unbelievable to us we were above like a bbc radio 4 thing we were above a cnn they thing. probably had a very quiet week <laughs> yeah they must have had a quiet week but still that to us was just so cool and um that is down to you guys leaving us reviews giving us ratings um so thank you so so much and if you haven't done that already then 
please do give us a rating on Spotify, a good one, please, uh, and a review on Apple Podcasts because it, it helps us no end and it'll help other people discover this podcast. Yeah, because sometimes people are looking for a new podcast and they go, is this going to be worth my time? It's very different. Maybe I'll times. read a review. Maybe I'll let other people tell me if they think it's a good podcast or not. Yeah, because it's actually very difficult to find good podcasts. Yeah, so right. this is actually how people find podcasts, yeah. through reviews. So And recommendations from friends. So if you've got any friends, <laughs> share. Give, give them a recommendation. Yeah. Um, so thank you and thank you in advance. <laughs> so without further ado, let's jump into it. We want to kick things off with a question from Laura. She asked, what has surprised you the most since starting Van Life? And what has surprised you in the last year? Interesting. Okay, so this is one thing that stands out for me that has surprised me just in general about van life is how easy it has been to do full-time van life. And we're probably going to contradict ourselves quite a lot through this episode because we are going to talk about a lot of the challenges because it isn't always easy. But when we first started, when we kicked off van life, we were thinking or at least I was thinking, I don't know if we spoke about it, I was thinking, oh yeah, six months, a year max. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd saved up money. This was going to be a trip that we were going to do for six months to a year. A gap year. A gap year, effectively. Um, And then we were going to go, yeah, we'll go back to London and carry on with our jobs. Um, But here we are, three years on, and we're still doing it. I think it came to the end of that year, and I was like, this is actually so much easier than I thought. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm enjoying it so much more than I thought even with all the challenges that I didn't know were going to come. Um, so, yeah, I think there's that. That that year, that first year of living in a van was just so much fun that we weren't ready to stop. And I think that's something that, that definitely surprised me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that we saw ourselves doing this for longer than a year. Well, we didn't really know what to to expect, but it was certainly not that. Yeah, we 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 budgeted. We were like, oh, we better make sure we've got some money in the bank so that we can get an Airbnb every now and then because we'll need a break from the van. We actually didn't, and that surprised me. So what about you? What surprised you about van life? Yeah, so I think for me, it is the fact that obviously living in a van means that we get to spend so much time outdoors. And that for me has meant that I have gotten the time to really pay attention to and appreciate the details in nature. And as cliche as that might sound, it's so true. The more you spend time outside, the more you get to appreciate the little things. So for me, I've just realized that I am obsessed with bugs now. I... <laughs> She's not over exaggerating. You really are obsessed with bugs now. Like you'll see one and we will just, we can stop on a walk. And I'm the same. I've kind of always been a little bit like this, but we'll just stop and look at a caterpillar like crossing the road. Uh, and obviously we'll help them out of the road all the time as well. But we'll just stop and look at them for like 10 minutes. Yeah, we love them. And like the other day I held a beetle for the first time and I was just <laughs> fascinated by it. It's just... I had never spent this much time in nature before now and van life has van life has really been a vessel for me to do so and as a result I'm just fascinated by bugs plants the birds I'm getting to notice things I'm getting to learn things for the first time and in some ways I feel like a child discovering a whole new world. And I can see why it's also really magic to, you know, go around with a child and be pointing at this and that because it's just, nature is just so perfect and complex and 
just has really, really made me appreciate it. So that is something that um, van life has made me realise about myself and how much I love being outside and how much I love bugs. <laughs> yeah, and you probably weren't expecting to fall in love with bugs and flowers and, and all the leaves and stuff you love too. But yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's really good fun. And I love because I spent more time in the countryside and I just love seeing you appreciate it so much. It makes me kind of reappreciate it again. So yeah, it's good. It sounds really cheesy how you talk about uh, nature and bugs, but I know that you really, really mean it. So it's really cool. It's really nice. Yeah, I think it's because I don't have... I, I didn't have that growing up, so that's why it's it just brings me so much joy. Yeah. Thanks, man life. So one of the main things when we were talking about our learnings is how we realize that we do not need a yeah. lot to be happy. Yeah, of course. One of the big things about moving into a van for everybody is okay, obviously now I'm downsizing hugely. You're going from living in a house, in an apartment, whatever whatever it is. Um, probably the van's going to be quite a lot smaller than <laughs> where you're living before you move into the van. Um, and we realized, we, we found that very difficult to begin with. We were like, okay, what? We, we made a list of all the things we needed and then had to try and refine that and refine that and refine that. Um, and you feel like when you're leaving, you feel like you need all of this stuff to live and all of this all of these accessories for your life but then you find that actually the more you strip back the less you actually need the more you realize you don't need all of that stuff and a big obvious example is clothes yeah tanya how many how many bags of clothes did you take to charity shop oh it's this is embarrassing <laughs> i i probably took like a hundred kilos. <laughs> well, and I, and bags I, then. No, like you didn't take a hundred bags. A <laughs> hundred kilos, and the reason I think it's hundred kilos is because I remember taking the massive suitcases. You know, the ones that you check into airlines, and you, that what is like twenty three kilos is the max. So it would have easily been five of those suitcases plus some black bags. Wow. And yeah, it is a lot. And I think hopefully this resonates with other people who you know really really love like clothes and shoes and all of this which I always appreciated I have always loved a bargain and I've always loved to keep things for a long time I I, I felt like I didn't want to throw them away I felt like that was wasteful so I I semi kind of hoarded my stuff and and hope that you know I, I would wear something that I had bought like six or seven years ago. So then it would justify holding on to things and holding on to clothes or if I liked, you know, pair of shoes and maybe they were a little bit tidy, I, I, I would still hold on to them. The point is that I had an, a, a huge attachment to my belongings and I did find it hard giving those things up. One thing I learned, though, is that once they were out of my life, you know, mm -hmm. I can't even remember. I don't think I can remember three or four specific items that I yeah. donated. And yeah, that was that was something that I've definitely learned is that I just gravitate to the, you know, the same four outfits while we're living in a van and it frees up your headspace. Um, I don't have to, you know, think it through. And it, and it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate having nice things here and there, but I just don't need all of those things to be happy. Yeah. Exactly. It's totally true. And like Tanya says, we always just end up wearing the same few clothes now because more often than not now, 
and you know not everybody would would enjoy this as much but we we've got to a point where we don't mind so much about like the fashion side of things now we just want practical clothes obviously we care about we want to look nice and feel nice and feel comfortable but it more often than not um it comes down to what's practical what's, like, what's practical and and comfortable and yeah if you've uh watched our travel films on youtube you've probably seen our outfits yeah. from the we were it's like an episode thing. of the simpsons just no one ever clothes changes their clothes they're always wearing exactly the same thing timeless yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah we realize that we need a lot less things and not just with clothes um but with accessories and yeah. shoes and and everything all the one difficult thing that for us as filmmakers is the camera kit that like i feel like we'd have so much more space in our van if we didn't have all the camera kit that we have um but again i've worked on minimizing that and making a smaller travel sized camera kit which actually if anyone out here is uh, anyone listening is interested in what it is that we use to shoot our films then on our website jitsintothesunset.com uh we've written a blog all about that all about the gear we use and why we use it and uh, like alternatives for different budgets so yeah if you're interested in filmmaking uh, check that out because I feel like we're not sacrificing anything with our small kit and we've still got everything we need. Yeah, that, that that's a good one. You did a great job on that blog. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Something else we've learned, which we think is definitely worth mentioning, is that we waited until we'd lived in JITS for over a year and a half before we put any significant investment into specific upgrades so that we were sure that we knew it was worth us putting the money into these specific modifications that we knew we were going to really appreciate them yeah. and that they were something that was really important to us. Exactly, because the expenses can really rack up. So you want to be sure yeah. that those upgrades are are worth it. It's a big investment. And actually, Michael Square asked us, what upgrades have you done to JITS, i.e. an older pre-converted camper? Yes, so that's worth pointing out is that JITS is already converted. We didn't do a self-build, so JITS is already done and pretty much has all the basic things that you could want. Um, so we didn't feel the need to jump in straight away and do, do our upgrades and build from scratch. But after the year and a half, like we said, after the year and a half of living in the van, uh, these are the main big upgrades that we have done to JITS. So we've done a big power upgrade, a big overhaul on the power. We installed a diesel heater. We've got a drinking water filter um, and we upgraded our fridge to a really nice, efficient compressor fridge, which we love. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth mentioning that for the first year and a half, our old power setup um, meant that we could only work for half a day at most without it completely depleting the battery. The laptops would also trip. Um, then also with you know the the fridge the fridge wasn't that efficient so our stuff would go off and the, you know we have a mini freezer but everything would just barely stay cold so we 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 suffered for a little bit i say suffered but you know, we we made do with what we had and then we knew what was important to us so if you had to choose out of any of our upgrades which would you say is your favorite Oh, I would definitely have to say the diesel heater because I felt that that was absolutely game changing for us, particularly when we were doing our winter van life series yeah. in Austria and Czech Republic and Slovenia, particularly because there were times where we went down to minus 
16 or 14 degrees Celsius. Yeah. And it was cold outside. And without the diesel heater, we would not have survived at all. Yeah, well, I mean, it would have been horrible, wouldn't it? It just wouldn't have been fun. There'd have been no fun to it at all. And in fact, actually, there was a time before we had the diesel heater and Amanda here asked, she says, do you have any tips and tricks for staying warm in winter? Your tips are the best. I use the hot water bottles. And with that, she is referring, obviously, to the fact that we used to use hot water bottles before we had the heater because we didn't have a heater, but we were still in the cold environment. So we were in Scotland in 20... When would it have been? At the end of 2019. At the end of 2019, we were in Scotland in the winter with no diesel heater, no heater of any kind, actually. And the way we stayed warm was just with hot water bottles. And lots of layers. And um, we drank lots of teas, lots of warming food. And we went to bed early. You went to bed really early, yeah. didn't we? Well, it was winter, so the light just... It was dark it, at like, yeah. Four o'clock. Yeah. 3.30, <laughs> we were like, right, should we start making the bed then? <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, interestingly, leads on to another one of our learnings is that weather dictates pretty much everything you do in van life. Mm-hmm. So if it's dark, you know, you don't really... Unless you're in a city, normally you're not when you're in a van. We're normally not anyway. When we're out in a van, we are out in the middle of nature. So there's no lights anywhere. So we're just relying on the natural light. So if it's dark, then we're inside with the lights on in the van. If it's raining, we're inside. Uh, Obviously, sometimes we'll go, right, we're going to brave it. We're going to do a hike anyway. But more often than not, if it's horrible weather, it's horribly dark and it's horribly rainy, you are restricted to the van or at least you're going to go out and get wet and come back and have to dry off in the van somehow. <laughs> yeah, or if we think about wanting to do a workout outside, it's really not motivating when it is cold or rainy or windy and you just use that as an excuse to stay inside. Yeah. Although you're very good because sometimes you get the weights out and you work out inside of jits. Yeah, that is very few and far between, but I do sometimes. I, I try I try and get the weights out, but like Tanya says, if it's raining and cold, it's just it's just miserable. Yeah. And also just to add to that point, um, because I think some of you would find that interesting, is that, you know, the weather also can affect our mood. Oh, uh, I think even just more so um when you're living in the van and when it's those grey, gloomy days, I just I I like to call it the days I feel like a squished bug. Yeah. Uh, it just it just doesn't feel that good. So that is definitely one of the learnings. And you have to just lift yourself up out of that slump or just lean into it and go, okay, today's just going to be a relaxed, take easy, cozy day. And, you know. That's what I was going to say, because it is really nice to be in the van. When the weather's horrible outside and you're parked up somewhere really wild and outside it's like raining and windy and you're cozy and safe in your little van. and there's With your hot water bottles your hot or your water, diesel heater. You're preferably your diesel heater. Um, it's actually really nice. And uh, yeah, there's just something really cozy about it. Really, really cozy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bad thing being out in the weather, but if you're out for a whole winter in the weather and you're you're not getting outside as much and it's, you know, it's raining and grey and miserable, then that can definitely affect our mood and, and it definitely does dictate the experience. Like, basically, I think I would say summer van life is better. Winter van life is amazing and it's amazing for a lot of reasons, but like, for example... Long-term. Yeah, for long term, like summer, summer is more enjoyable. But I was going to say the one really good thing about winter is the roads are so quiet mm. and all the parking spots are empty and there's no other, most people aren't doing winter van life. So 
So that is something I would really say, actually, is doing off-season definitely has its benefits. But, again, it's the weather. There's a reason the reason that not everyone's out there doing it in the yeah, winter. Yeah, and I have to say, I really loved just looking out the window when we were in Czech Republic, for example, and it was just snow everywhere. It's oh, so yeah. magical. And, yeah, it just it has a different energy. So I do love both. Yeah, we loved our winter van trip, didn't we, over the last where we were in Europe, when we did Czech Republic, Slovenia and Austria um, in completely a different order to that, I think. But anyway, we did those three countries and yeah, we loved it um, and it was amazing. But after like three months, we were definitely ready. Was it three months? Yeah, I think so. And I was just going to add, that's probably why we then straight away escaped to Costa Rica. Yeah, because we needed some warmth and some light and some sun. So for those of you um, that don't know, after we did the winter um, van life series, we hopped on a plane, got ourselves to Costa Rica, and then we rented out these four by four campers and enjoyed the the heat of the scorching sun on our skin. And that was great. So it was great to have that contrast. Yeah, yeah, it, it was brilliant. Okay, so moving on to the next point. Um, this is all about wild camping versus campsites because Nikki and Andy asked us, we love following you guys. Do you mainly use campsites or freak park-ups when you're in the UK? Okay, good question. Yeah, okay, so so the UK, particularly England um, and Wales, actually, to be fair, is it's quite, it's, it's, the, it's not very camper van friendly. So we have found that Scotland... So right up there in the north, Scotland is amazing for camper vans and there is so much space and there are actually specific camper van spots for wild camping um, in Scotland, which is news to us, actually. We we were up there just recently and we saw it and we were like, wow, I didn't like I don't know if this is new. So I don't know how long they've been about. But but yeah, we still tend to try and do wild camping, even though in the UK it's not the easiest because it's what we love about it. Um, campsites are great of course we love a good campsite every now and then but we try to stay out there and find the beautiful park ups and we will we will spend time we will only spend one or two nights at a park up so that we don't outstay our welcome and you know we don't want to frustrate locals we don't want to get in the way we make sure that we stay out of the way stay polite be respectful and I think that is the most important thing about wild camping is to be really respectful of the place and the people who live in that place. Yeah, absolutely. And like like Adam said, it's just a matter of using your common sense as well, not to um, outstay your welcome. And yeah, it, I would say that the majority of the time, like 98% of the time, we're wild camping. And I know that a lot of you have also asked us how we find these wild camping spots. Um, when we kicked off our van life journey, we um, just... We were in Ireland and we just kind of looked for laybys and little yeah, places to tuck in. Absolutely the most the no tricks whatsoever. We were just driving around going, Oh, we could park there, or oh, we could park there. We didn't we didn't have any idea, but since we've become more savvy, we've started using apps. And those apps are Park for Night, particularly if you're in Europe. And if you're in the US or um Central America, you are looking at iOverlander. Yeah. So yeah. So they're really good apps, which is like crowdsourced um, information of like places. They've got photos, reviews, and yeah, you can just navigate yourself to all those spots. And park for night for us, it's 
it's got to be the number one app that we use and that we love for just van life in general. And it's just so useful. It's because there's so many times because it allows us to be spontaneous. We can like drive, we can go right. We need to, have, we've got like a 10 hour drive south, for example. And we're like, okay, we'll just drive for as long as we can until we get tired and then we'll find somewhere to sleep. And we don't have to plan that. We can just go, cool, we'll be able to just find somewhere on park for night that's relatively close, that's out of the way. Um, and yeah, we've we've also found so many places that we would have never otherwise found whilst camping. So I want to add to that and say that what I love about Park for a Night is the fact that you can filter all your different choices. So we can decide that we want to park up somewhere around nature and it has a little tiny little tree emoji mm-hmm. that you can pick. So, you know, there's pictures that other people have left behind and you're like, okay, yeah, that looks really kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's also um, farms and vineyards in France, for example, that yeah. you can stay at. Essentially for free, they're welcome camper vans to stay at their vineyards for free. And the expectation, it's not an obligation, but the expectation is that you go in and, you know, you try and buy some of their wines or something like that. You support local business, which, you know, is is amazing because it's a win-win situation. And yeah, we also found some great park-ups in Italy where they had free electricity, free you know, facilities, waste emptying facilities. And so for anybody that is new to van life or thinking about doing this and you're worried about how can I do this and save money, um, one of the ways is to wild camp and not always stay in campsites and a great tool for finding brilliant wild camping places is park for a night. Yeah, it's amazing. And it also has to be said, I know this, the question from... Nikki and Andy was about camping in the UK and it has to be said that wild camping in Europe is so much easier and in our experience just more space uh, in like England the UK in general is quite crowded in terms of population to landmass so by default there's more people around whereas in Europe like in France and Spain massive countries we found these places out in the middle of nowhere and didn't see another van so yeah I would just say 100% Europe is for us just in general like such an amazing place to do van life um and i just want to touch on one point uh whilst we're talking about wild camping so i was responding to a comment on youtube someone commented under our video and was asking um about they were basically worried about lots of people being at one place and ruining the beauty spots um, and lots of vans ruining the beauty spots. And my response to that was that I think that these places of beauty are for everyone to enjoy. And if you can enjoy them responsibly and you only stay for the one, maybe two nights and you clear up and you leave, then I think that's totally nice. And that should be something that's encouraged and that, you know, these places should put facilities in for people to be able to enjoy these, these wild spots because they belong to everyone. It's not just the people who happen to have grown up in those places or happen to have lived there. And whilst, of course, I can't emphasize this enough, you have to be respectful of the people, of the locals who do live there. You should never feel guilty, in my opinion, about going there, enjoying it, and then moving on as long as you are being respectful. Yeah. And I also want to add that sometimes when we do come across these places that have the facilities, more often than not, they'll have a little donation box. So, you know, you give what you can and we love, like, we, we, we feel like, yes, absolutely. It's money well spent because we want to vote with our donation and tell the local council, whoever took the time to put those facilities in there to say, 
thank you. It's appreciated. And yeah, keep that going. Yeah, absolutely. Another great question that came in was from Jinth, who asked, what is something that you didn't expect from van life? I think one thing that we both definitely didn't expect from van life is how long everything ends up taking. Yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time tidying, cleaning, chasing resources. And by that, I mean filling up with water, figuring out where are we going to get water next, filling it up, um, <laughs> checking how, you know, how many poos and peas can we fit in the toilet <laughs> um, before we have to go and find a place where we can dispose of it. And what else? Well, there's also just simple things like like cooking mm. that takes so much longer because you're working within such a small space that you have to like move this out of the way, move that out of the way to then be able to do this. Obviously, we have to do the that... washing up before you can start the cooking. Obviously. Well, hopefully we've done the washing up before. Well, this is it. You have to be really organized. Yeah, you have to. You have to be disciplined when you're washing up. You have to do that straight away, straight after you've eaten, so that it's ready. Um, which we do not do, it has to be said. But we also, with our van, we have next to no surface space until you fold, because once you've folded the surface space up to be able to access the hob, the cooker, and the sink, you then have no table space left. So, like, you have to really, <laughs> you've just got everything all over the place. Yeah, I think I have it down to a fine art, if I do say so myself. Yeah, you've you've been pretty good. Van life lesson, two, two and a half years, three years later, smashed it. Smashing it from day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. No, you have. You've actually, that's funny, actually. It's something you've always enjoyed about van life pretty much straight away was the challenge of cooking in such a small space. Mm, I really do. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. Sometimes, and this is being completely honest, sometimes it does drive me up the wall and I can't think of anything worse than having to cook something because there's dishes that need to be washed. Like I might I probably just get hangry and I just need something quickly. But for the most part, I really enjoy it. I love the challenge of it all and yeah, playing Tetris in the kitchen. Actually when we go off and we do our grocery shopping, um we buy so much food. We eat a lot between the two of it's us. Mad that we can fit so much in. Yeah. Tetris again. Tetris. Technique. Absolute skills. Yes. But yeah, it is, it is a bit of a mission cooking. Like I've found myself basically doing the same two or three recipes because I know they're simple and I, I don't want, like, I don't find myself inspired to experiment with cooking new things because I just don't have a proper kitchen to do it in. I'm just like, right, one pot wonder. I call it a broth. Tanya doesn't like the word broth. Oh. <laughs> She's just, wincing over there. Yeah, it doesn't sound very appetizing. But it is, But isn't it? they're delicious. No, yeah. you've she honed prefer, it. She prefers it if I call it a soup, but I'm sticking with the word broth because I just think that that's just, that's just what it is. It's a broth now. It's, it's become a broth. <laughs> I can't start calling it a soup. Don't do it justice. Yeah, well... It is delicious yeah. and I enjoy those three dishes that you rotate. Yeah. <laughs> See, thank you very much. Good. I, on the other hand, down. yeah, I, on the other hand, would like to say that Jits has everything you need to cook up a storm and yeah. make loads of different things. We've, we've made sushi here. To be fair, the we've oven. made pizza. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 you, yeah. I was just going to say having an oven, that make, that means like, oh, wow, that's like luxury for most fans, I think. Like a proper oven oven. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing lots of bakes, yeah. but that is definitely something that we, we love to yeah. use the oven now. We didn't for ages, but now we've started using it and we're really glad we have it. Yeah, but it's just to go back to original point, van life oh, yeah. takes up a lot of time, whether it's cooking or whether it's 
the place just gets messy very quickly and every single day it just feels like first thing in the morning we're spending 20 minutes to half an hour tidying things up we have a modular bed for example and you know that's a big contention in the van life uh, mm-hmm. community do you get a modular bed do you get a fixed bed and of course if you have a fixed bed there is the ease that it's just you know you just have to make it and it's there um, for us we have a modular bed we love it because it means that it utilizes the space yeah, it means that we can have a smaller van because I think I, I basically think the main point of contention between modular bed and fixed bed other than obviously it being easier is the space it takes up like of course we'd love to have a fixed bed but to do that we then have to have a bigger van and we like the fact that Jits is a small van she can fit in a normal parking bay um and we like that and we can get down the little lanes i mean i know you can with, with most longer wheelbase vans as well but it just for us it's just really nice to have that small tiny little van um and i do think that actually personally even if we did have the long van We'd have the bed so that it was an option to leave it fixed. Mm. Great. But it would still be modular in case we wanted to fold it up into a sofa if we were hosting, for example. Oh, the hosting. I'm telling you, you would be so surprised at how many people we have managed to host here. We have Fair had... Seven and a dog. And a dog. Yeah. Seven and <laughs> seven a dog. Seven and a dog. In Jits. I think everyone was pretty comfortable. Everyone, they, we we've got two tables here, so you can you you can choose which tabletop, a smaller one or a larger one. Everyone had surface space. Um, everyone had you know enough room under their bum to sit down. Yeah. And yeah, we 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 made it happen, and I think people thought it was a joke when we said, yeah, just yeah, come, come on, on in. in. And everyone was like, it was like the TARDIS, like. Two or three people came in and then the others were like, are we sure there's enough room? And then the other two or three come in. And, <laughs> and that wouldn't have been possible if we had a fixed bed yeah, in Jits. I think having a fixed bed in Jits would be ridiculous. I don't think anyone would necessarily argue for that. I just think that they would be looking at a van that is big enough to accommodate a fixed bed. I think that's where the contention comes in. And I can completely understand that. And it's something we've actually spoken about in our dark moments when we're like, going, <laughs> oh, I'm so tired and we've got to... We've got to do the bed. The bed's not even made. And there's like <laughs> some dirty dishes on the bed. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you wake up in the morning and you just want to crack on and go, having to you turn can't. it... You just can't, yeah. And having, having to turn it into the living space. Um, sometimes what I do is I just say to Adam, I'm just like, can you leave for 20 minutes and come back? Been mm. doing that since day one, actually. It's actually so, so much easier when there's only one person in the van to tidy it because you just end up falling over each other. And it's so much easier when you're the person that's been told to leave yeah, and then I, you come back and it's Yeah, done. I find that a lot less challenging. I just go out for my little morning walk sometimes. <laughs> and Tanya yeah. enjoys it though. Again, we'll go back. This is not me forcing her into doing tidying. <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. She likes the challenge. Yeah, he's... He's not pinching me under the desk here or anything like that. Holding a gun to her. Yeah. You enjoy it, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that takes up a lot of time in the mornings. It also can take up time in the evenings as well, depending on, you know, how much stuff you have on the bed. So, again, circling back to the original point and the original learning, the big learning is that van life takes time and it takes patience yeah. and you and a sense of humor. We just have to laugh things off sometimes yeah. and say like, yes, this is a pain, but look at the stars tonight or yeah. look at where we're parked up or you know what? If I wake up and I'm looking at the window and there's just like, a bunch of sheep or I'm right next to an epic mountain or a lake, then the fact that I have to spend 20 minutes 
doing up the bed or, you know, and you're washing the dishes or whatever, like they all just kind of melt away. Small price to pay, isn't it? It yeah. is a small price to pay. Um, but that is just, yeah, one of the the, the balances, the, the, what's it, what's it called? The trade-offs. The trade-offs. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the trade-offs that you have to make to live this kind of lifestyle is that you're in a tiny space and there are going to be certain sacrifices, but the payoffs are 100% worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I would just like to say when it comes back to the amount of time you have, like I definitely envisioned myself like spending lots of time reading all the books that I wanted to read for a long time, uh, doing loads of meditating every morning and <laughs> yoga and, and all of the things that I'm like, oh, I'm going to have so much time in my life. And it just doesn't work out like that. Driving, that's another thing we didn't talk about. Driving takes a lot of time. If you're going to go from A to B, like unless you're you know, unless you're just exploring a small portion of the area, some days, like the whole day is taken up by just getting from A to B, especially when you're in an old slow van, like everything takes at least 20, 30% longer than the sat-nav says because you can't go quickly. Absolutely. Like when you um, drove us pretty much through across... To Cuenca. Yeah, to Cuenca in Spain. Um, You were driving for 12 hours. That Mm. was a tough one. That was a long drive and it was in the heat. And this was an example of one of the few days where we left our modular bed made up. So we could just crack we on. We just could get yeah, you just get up, leave the bed made because that's the thing with a modular bed. You do have the option to leave it made up if you want. So we we left it made up, cracked on for the twelve hours, um, and then I remember stopping, turning around, and be like, oh, the bed's made, and I just fell onto the bed. So to avoid these long drives, what we actually tend to do is choose to explore one area for a week or two, and limit our driving to. 20 30 minutes a day and that allows us to really get to know one specific place and really feel like we know it and then after a while when we've decided yes it's time to peel ourselves away we then would take on a long drive so take on a long yeah do a big shift yeah i have to say uh, yeah i want to add that sometimes when we're parked up next to other campers one of the behaviors i've also always noticed is that we'll wake up and the neighbors that were there the night before already gone they've already gone yeah like it's not even 7.30 or 8 and they're all they're off. off. Yeah, I don't know if we're particularly... I think we're slow. Yeah, we're particularly slow. Yeah, I think we, we really take our time. Oh. And I think, I wonder whether it's because some people that are our neighbours, they have two or three weeks yeah. to travel around France or something like that. And of course, in that instance, they want to cover more ground. Make the most of it. Um, but for us, because we are doing this full time... We can have some slow mornings. We Yeah, we want to take things... We want to take our time because it is a lifestyle and it can get very exhausting very quickly if all we're doing is just sipping here, there and everywhere. We know some people, some of our good friends in the community... They have covered so much of Europe in a year. I don't even know. How do you even do that? How do you manage that? Yeah. Yeah. We spent two months in, well, we spent two months in Ireland when we intended to be there for two weeks. Yeah, three months in France. Yeah, when we intended that to be another two weeks. We thought we were going to drive through. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're slow. slow. One thing we love about spending a lot of time in a a smaller area as well is you feel like you get to know it in a different way. Like you you can understand the rhythms of it and, and it's just a really nice way of traveling slow and i again i think van life lends itself to that kind of traveling very very easily and yeah i just yeah we just we just love van life (laughs) so i just to quickly pause us here for a minute i'm just looking at our notes we are halfway through our lessons here we've got our podcast notes up here in front of us we are halfway through our lessons here and we're already at 40 minutes so i think 
that we do a second episode of these what we've learned let's let's do a part two part two yeah let's do a part two yeah because otherwise we can just go on and on for a lot longer than we think so if you guys have any questions that you'd like us to answer in this part two um do make sure you give us a dm on instagram at jits into the sunset and we'll squeeze as many in as we can uh we've already got a few here that are, that we have an answer to, just to give you an idea of ones that are going to come up so we've got one from holly clark she says what country would you recommend visiting for first-time van owners uh laura says free things you tell a van life wannabe oh yeah good one I'll yeah that's a, a very good one um and jan has asked uh do you worry that you'll end up homeless and childless sorry to seem so negative uh, so you, you love that question. You've got loads to say question. about that. I've got loads to say about that one because I, I, I really, well, I find it sounds hilarious on the upfront, um, but I do have a, a lot, a lot to say about that one. Yeah. Um, so please do keep your questions coming. If you have made it this far into this episode, you know what to do. DM no, not us. Penguin. No, no, no. I'm about to do a different oh. one. You know what to do. DM us on Instagram. The code word. Uh, snail this time snail because we travel slowly and of course Tanya loves snails <laughs> yes, now I love snails <laughs> um, so let us know so that, that way we know that you are we know who's crazy enough to listen to us for 40 minutes <laughs> gibbering on about like half the questions we were supposed to be gibbering on about <laughs> exactly once again thank you so so much for listening don't forget to leave this podcast a rating and a review if you've enjoyed it. It would mean a lot to us. It would mean so much to us. And we will catch you on the next one, catch episode on. three. Yes, lovely. See you in episode three. Thank you again so much for listening, guys. Um, that is it. Woohoo! Woohoo!